Hello and welcome to another edition of Paradox, the untold stories of athletic directors. I'm one of your hosts, Dr. Dustin Smith, and my co-host as always is Dr. Danielle LaPointe. And our guest today, I want to I'm gonna leave the introduction to to Dr. LaPointe and let her tell a little bit about Jake. But man, I'm excited to have Jake Von Schur on the podcast with us today. Jake, welcome to to the podcast. Well, well, thank you. Uh, I am truly honored and just a little bit uh, nervous about uh, following <laughs> this uh, group of um, Hall of Fame uh, presenters that you've had uh, before me. But uh, thanks for having me on. So it's it's not that you're nervous about the two hosts. You're nervous about those you follow, <laughs> those that we've interviewed. Uh, it's a collective uh, apprehension. Okay. Uh, I, want, I, want to, I don't want to lower the bar uh, you know, any from uh, where it's at currently at. Uh, Danielle, you want to introduce Jake formally? Yes. Um, I'm excited about today's guest. He is a good friend of mine, Dr. Jake Von Scheer. He's a recently retired um, AD and coach of 41 years. I'm excited because there's got to be stories in 41 years. Um, of your of your life being put towards being an Indian coach, so he's still very active though at the state and national level, the FIAAA and the NIAAA. Um, he is the host of a podcast, also from I like to call him Jake from Florida, um, but an educational AD podcast, and he is the author of the Athletic Director's Toolbox, which um, is very popular amongst ADs as well. So I'm really excited to have. Him here today because my bar for you is high, Jake. It is high. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, thank you for that introduction. And you know, both of you have uh, been guests on the Educational AD podcast, and both of you are featured in the Athletic Director's Toolbox book. So we appreciate uh, you know your help in making that happen. Well, and I want to say thanks for your contribution to athletic directors across the country, across the world, really. Um, with the book and with the podcast, I think it really shines a light on our profession. And and I'm, uh, I mean, obviously we we wouldn't be able to do a podcast if it weren't for you blazing the path. So I want to thank you for that. Well, thank you so much. Uh, and again, uh, you know, we've talked about this before. Uh, I, I certainly, you know, didn't start this. There were, you know, other, you know, great podcasts uh, before me. Uh, one of uh, which in particular, uh, you know, Don Baker and Josh Matthews out of Georgia with hanging with the ADs, they had me on their podcast and, and I just said, boy, this is really cool. I think I'm going to try this for our Florida ADs. And, uh, it, uh, uh, it went, um, uh, national after Steve Throney, uh, one of your previous guests, uh, called and said, Hey Jake, can I be on the podcast? And I go, yeah, sure. Why not? So, uh, We've had a lot of fun. I'm just the guy that asks the questions. It's the guests like you and and uh, Dr. Lapointe that uh, uh, provide the content that I think people have uh, enjoyed. Uh, just got an email this morning. Uh, somebody, you know, thanking us for uh, one of the mentoring minutes uh, on Tuesday. And uh, uh, as long as people keep listening, uh, I'm going to keep doing it. And and I want to say congratulations to the two of you. You know, you've you've joined the podcast uh, family. But you found a, a niche that I, I think really uh, helps athletic directors have a good perspective on their job. Uh, it's both of you know it's tremendously rewarding. Uh, I like to say uh, I, I didn't work a day during those forty-one years. Uh, I was living the dream, uh, but it can be challenging. And I think you guys have allowed uh, an outlet for ads to share those stories that 
sometimes leave you scratching your head or, or maybe shaking your head. But at the same time, we can laugh and, and we can know that other people out there are experiencing the same challenges and the same joys that that we do. So thank you for uh, you know coming up with a unique twist on the athletic director related podcast. Well, that's all Danielle. I just get to talk and she knows I can talk. So she said, hey, do you want to tag team with me on this? And she's kind of the brains and I'm just kind of the talker. Oh, you're here for your looks, Dustin. That's what you're here for. Yeah, yeah. I've got a face made for radio, not for podcasts. Dustin's the eye candy or the ear candy. Yes, exactly. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm, thank you to both of you because, um, you know, it was a very unique experience um, being on your podcast, Jake. And, and Dustin, this wouldn't be possible without you. So, yeah, I'm just, I'm just very excited and happy. This is a fun day for me <laughs> to be able to do this with both of you guys. And, and, and also while I'm thanking people, I'll thank Tickets Picket because they're the ones who's sponsoring um, and making this possible for Dustin and I to do. So I, uh, yeah, I just love all of this and I really hope it just helps ladies. That's the whole point of this, right? Um, both of ours, Jake, right? Two different ways, but we want to help ladies across the country be like, you're not alone. You can do this. <laughs> Though it seems really hard and crazy sometimes, but but yeah, it's been a it's been a crazy ride. Well, Jake, let's take the focus off of us and let's mm -hmm. talk about some stories and the reason why we're diving into this and why we have you on a guest. Do you have any stories that you want to share with us from your um, illustrious, long, <laughs> lengthy career that you can uh, share with us and and bring us some laughter today? Well, uh, I've got a couple, uh, and again, the the stories that you've had um, on already. Uh, some of them are, you know, they've dealt with the interactions that we all have with parents and, and parents can be a challenge. Uh, I think the pendulum hopefully swinging a little bit, uh, the NIAAA's new course about partnering with parents, uh, but it, it still happens. Uh, I, I would tell our coaches, uh, the, the kids are never going to love the sport as much as you love it. You know, you became a coach, you played, but now you became a coach. The kids are never going to love it. And the parents are never going to see it the way you see it. You see it as a team. They see it with their kid blinders on. And it's not right, wrong, good or bad. It's just the way it is. So um, with those uh, stories about working with parents. So one that sticks out for me, fairly recent story. Um, lacrosse. And I don't know how many uh, of your listeners have a lacrosse team, but uh, lacrosse parents are, uh, I've found are, are quite unique, maybe even more so than cheer parents, but we Very love special them. way to put it. That's a nice way to put it, Jay. <laughs> we, we, we love them. We love our lacrosse parents. Well, uh, the last school that I was at, um, I, I came in as the AD, but we already had a very successful lacrosse program. Um, it was the first in the area, you know, that we were a combined middle school, high school. So we were able to get those kids early and train them. And we had some great coaches get to that later. Um, but um, we uh, were playing for the district championship. And I think we'd probably won, you know, six or seven years in a row. And this year we were down just a little bit and we're playing our rival. And it was, you know, their best year. It was their year to win it. And they ended up winning. Now, I think uh, the final was, let's say, 19 to 14. It wasn't a blowout, but but they beat us. And I was down on the field, uh, lacrosse. Both teams are on the same side. So I was on the player sideline, just kind of hanging back. Uh, everything was great. Very competitive game. 
um, congratulated our coach, congratulated the uh, opposing team coach, who I really didn't like, but I still went over and shook his hand. Great job, coach. <laughs> uh, I couldn't find their athletic director, who was a, a good friend of mine and also at the time um, on the FIAAA board with me. I, I just couldn't find him. So things are settled down. I'm walking across the field to the fan side, and here's our group of parents. They're waiting for me. And I'm just thinking, okay, what's this going to be? And, you know, the lead parent, and again, great parent, love her. She was very supportive. But uh, she goes, um, do you know they played an ineligible player? You know, that's not right. Uh, you know, we you know, we, we should be the winner. And uh, just I let her talk because I'm just thinking, you know, where is this going to go? So long story short, uh, she finishes and I go, well, where did you hear this? How do you know they played an ineligible player? And her response was, well, Billy, who is a student at our school, uh, Billy's girlfriend goes to this school and she said, okay, uh, so it, it was a student at the other school. Uh, and I let her finish and I go, well, I'm not gonna walk across the field and accuse their AD, who's a very good friend of mine, of cheating based on third-hand testimony of a 16-year-old kid. Uh, well, that's not right. And just, it, it was 15 minutes of my life that I'm never going to get back. Okay. So, um, uh, I, and I told them, I said, in Florida, as you know, uh, the FHSAA, if a team um, forfeits uh, for, in the playoffs, the, the losing team or the other team doesn't fill the bracket. They don't fill brackets. They just move on. And whoever this team was going to play, they just get a buy. And I told them that, oh, that's not right, et cetera. So I go uh, on the wait, I, I have a question. I have a question. Sure. Did you give them the trophy? <laughs> I, I wasn't the host. We were we were visiting. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, need to know yeah. if you got it or if you let them have it. <laughs> no. Uh, for the districts, there was only a championship trophy, so that wasn't an issue. And, and again, I wasn't hosting the tournament. It was on their turf, so yeah, they got the trophy. Um, so I go in the parking lot and I call the AD. I said, "Hey, you know, congratulations. Tried to find you. You know, great game." This isn't coming from me, but just so you know, and I kind of laid out what one of our parents had shared. And I said, you know, you do with it what you need to do. And I think this was on a Thursday. So uh, Friday, uh, nothing happens. And I, I told my uh, boss, our head of school, uh, what happened, because I was sure his phone was going to ring at some time. You know, our AD, you know, doesn't care about our lacrosse team. Um, and on Monday, there's a notice, um, you know, on the internet uh, that the school that had won had self-reported to the state association. They played an ineligible player, and they were, you know, vacating the bracket. Um, so that's Monday. Tuesday, uh, well, actually, I think it might have begun Monday. Uh, on all the whatever they are, social media outlets that parents, at least in the panhandle. Uh, <laughs> get on there's emails back and forth and tweets back and forth there was even something on our school's facebook page that had been posted by a parent from, from this school about i can't believe you know that you would be so petty and um you know where's you know sportsmanship and fair play and you guys are win at all costs and how could you take this away from our boys who work so hard uh just really you know throwing our school 
under the bus. And as a school, we didn't do anything. Um, I'll bet you a milkshake that one of our parents called the state association and, and reported. But uh, um, we just, you know, kind of, you know, took it. We didn't respond. We didn't get sucked in. I'm sure some of our parents did, but nothing from the school. And then I think Tuesday, um, my boss, uh, myself, and a couple other administrators at our school uh, got an email from a parent from this other school uh, regurgitating this whole thing, you know, win at all costs and terrible display. And, you know, we're supposed to be partners and, you know, uh, it's a rivalry, but it's a pretty good rivalry because the kids all know each other. Um, but about paragraph 16 in this long email, uh, this mom wrote, you know, blah, 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 kids work so hard and we beat you fair and square. And I'm thinking, well, actually, you didn't beat us fair and square. You cheated. You played an ineligible player. Uh, but uh, just you, you've had similar experiences, I'm sure, where parents, uh, they just are so passionate about their kids. Uh, and that meeting I had after the game, you know, reading those emails, you know, dealing with, you know, the phone calls, uh, the disappointment of our own kids, um, you know, that's part of the job. But it's also those minutes that you'll never get back. Well, and some of, of that, <laughs> you know, I, I think about you making that trek across the field and knowing they're just waiting. They're waiting mm -hmm. with some kind of some kind of complaint or some kind of situation. And and, you know, they, they say that the only people to talk about moral victories are those who don't win. The winners never talk about moral victories. And so, yeah, this is a situation where they may have played an ineligible player, but you're walking across having done the right thing, having shaken the hands of the opposing coach and telling your coach congratulations on a great year. And then all of a sudden you're sucked into this situation. It's like a vortex. You get sucked into, and you don't really, it's kind of against your will. You're just walking over there and you're the, you're the prey for the moment. So talk me through that process of, I know it's 15 minutes, you'll never get back but sometimes they just want you to listen. And sometimes you listen to something that just doesn't make sense in your head. Well, well, and ultimately in this situation, it had nothing to do with your school at all, or you, you, you literally just happened to play them that one time. But other than that, you weren't the one responsible for any of these actions at all. Well, and again, you know, I, I've been a parent, you know, my, our three kids, you know, they played high school sports and, you know, uh, so I understand where they're coming from, uh, but at the same time, I'm, I've got my athletic director hat on, and as Dustin, you said, you know, you got to listen, you know, you got to let them vent, and here's the situation as they're going through it that uh, I'm not going to try to fix because there is no fix. You know, I can't make them happy. I can't go and, and take the trophy away and magically put our team in the playoff bracket. It, it's not going to happen. Um and interestingly enough, again, it was a rivalry type of game, but <clears throat> very, uh, for a lacrosse game, very clean, you know, in a sport where they're hitting each other with sticks. Um, <laughs> but uh, earlier in the season, uh, there had been, a, uh, let's say, an incident when we played them where one of their players had, uh, you know, checked one of our players and on review, as I'm watching this entire game on video on my laptop, um, on review, it, it 
probably deserved a, a flag and who knows, maybe even, uh, you know, whatever they have in lacrosse, a misconduct, uh, out of the game, whatever. Um, <laughs> it was a very hard check from behind. Um, but about two minutes later, um, that had not been reported to me, I'm watching the same game. Here's one of our players doing what I would say was even worse to one of their players. Uh, and that didn't receive a flag either. So I guess I don't understand lacrosse that well, but you know, <laughs> our parents, and again, I love our parents. They did a great job, very supportive of our program, but they've got their blinders on and, and they're only going to see their kid get hit. They're only going to see their kid being wrong. Um, it's tough for a parent to see that big picture the way that we would see it as an AD. Well, and I, and I, I think too, I was, I'm sorry. I, I think too, like, part of your, if you make a mistake at your school, like that's something that I always felt really responsible for. And I would try to explain to my parents why this is a rule, why this needs to happen and kind of ran them in. So my parents wouldn't go off on someone else's AD, another school's AD. So I think there's a part of that where, um, you know, there's rules for a reason. We have to follow them. So trying to, to, you know, grasp that and follow that as an AD and then kind of take that knowledge and place it upon your parents is, is part of the job. Well, not just follow the rule, but know the rule. Mm -hmm. And it's easy to not get, well, I say it's easy. You need to not get caught up in the emotion of the moment. Um, of course, we all want to win. That's why we're in this business. We, we want to win and we want to have that victory. But, but I heard a coach say it this morning and I think it was, it was incredible. He was a coach of a girls basketball team that had won two national championships in the last four years. They got beat in the in the regionals this year at the collegiate level. And he said a very powerful statement, I think, that people need to realize in our sport. The bounce of a ball does not define a person. And I think that's some process that we need to reiterate to our parents sometimes. Whether or not they win a state championship does not define them. And if we define it by a win or a loss, then I think we've misplaced what we're supposed to do in this world. So uh, kudos to you, Jake, for not getting caught up in the emotion and not just following the rule, but knowing the rule and saying we won't, even if they play an ineligible player, we're not moving on. There's no way that they're going to do that. So understanding that that's the process in Florida. So kudos to you for knowing that and standing by that and saying, I'll listen to you, but it's not going to go any further than this because we're not advancing out. And as far as knowing the rules, um, our parents, they did know the rule about eligibility because I was a bear on that. I didn't want to be the guy having, <clears throat> having the conversation with my boss saying, hey, I'm sorry, we got a self-report. You know, we played an eligible player because I'm the guy that determines mm -hmm. and our coaches knew it and our parents knew it uh, that, hey, you don't have your paperwork in. You don't have your physical. You don't have all this stuff in. You know, you, I don't even they didn't even get allowed to practice. And so our parents knew that, uh, but they but you needed the it. other school's parents <clears throat> to know that. <laughs> well, I, I did tell that AD, who is again, a very good friend of mine, uh, later on, I, I said, uh, you know, that's AD 101. You got to know that stuff. And mm -hmm. uh, it was just something that got away from me, but hey, it happens. You know. Um, well, and Dustin just got deep on us. I don't know if you, we can't let him like, you know, we can't skim over that. He just got deep and bounce of a ball doesn't define the person that just went I mean you went for it there Dustin yeah I mean this is not just a hat rack sometimes I use this as a head and I'm, for those of you just listening on 
Spotify or Apple or whatever. I'm pointing to my head. Um, sometimes I use my brain. Uh, so uh, for all you deep thinkers out there, that one's for you. Uh, and I know that these two, um, I don't, again, three docs, I don't know what we call, we got to elevate from paradox when we have somebody of Jake's caliber on here, but um I think it's fitting that we have some intellectual properties to this and not just, I'm not just here for humor. Well, when you were saying that, um, a a phrase was popping into my mind. Uh, Someone shared with me many, many years ago. Uh, I wish I could remember where I heard it, but it was, you know, what a terrible thing if we would only be remembered for our worst moment. Uh, and, And so, you know, hey, we, we can all have a worst moment, but uh, hopefully we are able to build on that and 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 not repeat that worst moment. Well, before we, before we move on to another story, Jake, let's let's look at the takeaways from this particular story and the situation, because I think we're here to educate ADs and help them understand that. Yeah, we're going to deal with parents, but what are some takeaways from that situation that you take away some? I mean, you said it was a, a more recent story, but what are some takeaways that you take away from that situation to say, you know what, I'm glad we did it this way, or we can do this better in the future, or here's how I would have handled it now? Well, uh, the the word got around quickly in our area uh, about what had happened. And, uh, you know, I, I was blessed with great coaches, but uh, I, I had a number of them come up to me over the next several days and say, you know, Hey, now I I know why you're always honest about, you know, not letting a kid practice until you've cleared them. So uh, those are nice little uh, acknowledgements to get. I knew that they appreciated it, but uh, it it was nice to hear those things. And for our kids and parents, um, you know, um, they don't want to be, you know, that person that makes a team, one of our teams ineligible because, you know, they didn't do get that form turned in or, or practiced before they had permission. So that was nice to hear. I think you also handed it and just called the AD and said, Hey, do with this, what you want. This is the report I got. Um, and I think you said a key phrase early on in that story, they self-reported. It wasn't a, you or your school that reported them. And it may have been a parent, but it wasn't you who did that. So, uh, I think the old statement, there's never a wrong time to do the right thing. The right things make that call to the AD and say, hey, here's what I'm hearing. I'm not going to turn it in. I'm not reporting it any further than to you, but I just want you to know this is the word that's out there and you may want to look into it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's always best, you know, when you screw up and we've all done it, um, fall on your sword, you know, uh, be accountable for it, own it and, uh, you know, move on. Don't deny. <laughs> and if we haven't done it, you're, you're, it's going to happen. So those ADs listening that say, I may not have messed up yet, that, that time's coming. The well, day is still young. <laughs> and, and what you're just talking about, communication, it's possible um, when you talk to other ADs, it, they just don't know. It's possible another AD just simply didn't know have that information. So, um, you know, talking to other, your, your fellow ADs is really important because Sometimes you don't know, they don't know the information. Sometimes you don't have all the information and that communication is just really important. And sometimes you just got to pump the brakes on parents um, Mm -hmm. because they're ready to attack and you've got to just say, okay, 
let me keep my wits about me. Maybe you don't say that to them, but you've got to think that process through to not just react off emotion, especially coming off a loss, especially knowing that your season has ended so abruptly. Um, and that's the, that's the painful thing of postseason play is once it's done, it's done. There's no, hey, we know two weeks from now that's our last game. When you're playing and that happens, it ends quickly, and there's a lot of emotion, a lot of hours, a lot of sweat, a lot of equity put into that moment, and you know it ends, so you don't get caught up in that emotional moment. So, again, kudos to you, Jake, for not getting caught up in the emotion and having a level head in that situation. Yeah, I, I've matured over the years. Uh, you know, I, I might not have had that same response, uh, you know, in year five, six, or maybe even <laughs> 10 or 15. <laughs> 41 years, you mellow. <laughs> so are, are we got a we got another track we're going to go on without parents involved or parents involved in your next story jake well uh we're going to stick with lacrosse uh <laughs> it's not a parent story uh this is a coach story um same school um i was hired to become their athletic director um in February. So I was finishing out the school year at my, my current school. And during my visit um, to the school I was being hired at, uh, you know, I met coaches and athletes and parents, et cetera. And one of the recurring themes that I got was, oh, we've got a great lacrosse coach, you know, just fantastic, you know, really done a wonderful job, really builds character. Um, you know, have you read this book, which I actually had read that book. Oh, he shared that book with the kids and they just love it. Just on and on and on. Um, the person was out of town at the time, so I didn't get a chance to meet him. So this is February. Uh, the school year ends. I show up in uh, June to start July 1st and I'm meeting all the new coaches or all the coaches. And um, I asked my boss, I said, hey, you know, where's uh where's the lacrosse coach? Um, and he goes, Oh, I forgot to tell you. Um, we had to let the lacrosse coach go. And I go, well, why? And, um, long story short, um, you know, private school, even public schools. Um, I think coaches, they want that, uh, college look. And so on Monday we're wearing our blue shirt and our blue shorts. Tuesday, we got a home game. Wednesday, we're practicing in, you know, white and white, whatever it is. Well, apparently on one of the practice days that year, before I was the athletic group, uh, one of the kids forgot their blue shorts or blue t-shirt or, or something. I think it was shorts. And so the coach in his wisdom uh, decided he was going to send a message, and he had the team, varsity boys uh, lacrosse team, uh, go out and practice outside in their underwear. <gasps> and uh, I, I mean, as my boss is telling me this story, I, I just go, you know, you got to be kidding me. Uh, and uh, says, yeah, we we had to let him go. So uh, I didn't have to pull that trigger. Uh, oh. but, uh, certainly would have done so. Uh, it's just one of those things, you know, are you kidding me? You know, what were you thinking, uh, when you made that decision coach? Did, did you ever have a conversation with him? I know your boss said we had to let him go, but did you have a conversation with said coach and say just that? What in the world is going through your mind? He, he was not a teacher, uh, mm -hmm. was not on campus. Um, uh, I, 
ended up, you know, leaving the area. So it wasn't like he was lingering for the next coach. Um, so no, I didn't have that conversation, but uh, I remember saying at the time, I got to put this in a book, you know, people aren't going to believe what athletic directors, you know, go through. And uh, you guys uh, beat me to it, you know, with your uh, Paradox podcast. So here we go. That's my contribution. I have so many questions. I know that this wasn't you, but oh my goodness. Like, what were they possibly thinking that that is a good idea? And then, like, were the, did the parents freak out? Like, I mean. Uh, I, I, I didn't really go into it. I mean, I'm sure knowing our great lacrosse parents, you know, that uh, somebody made a phone call. Um, it's unfortunate that, um, and I'm not putting this on the boys at all, but it's unfortunate that one of the boys, uh, didn't feel confident enough to step up and say, coach, I don't think this is a good idea. Uh, and maybe save that coach from, from the embarrassment. I think as he was a college player and maybe coached a little bit at uh, college lacrosse. Uh, it wasn't a young kid. It was uh, somebody in their thirties. So they had a little bit of seasoning, but. Uh, like I said previously, you know, what a terrible thing if we were only remembered for our worst moment. So uh, hopefully that was this coach's worst moment. I'm just but, trying to like imagine, like I'm just sitting in my office and I look out the window and I see a team <laughs> practicing and they're Hopefully underwear. they have their socks on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what my reaction would, would be like, I, I probably this. Like, I don't know what to say or do. I would, yeah, yeah. But well, I mean, it's probably similar to a streaker in a sense. Mm -hmm. What do you What do you do? Do you go out there and say, "Hey, you're not doing this," and and you know lacrosse practice? Or I don't have lacrosse in Arkansas, so I'm just making some assumptions here, and you know what assuming does. But I'm thinking you need to have a little bit of open space to be able to practice lacrosse. It's not mm -hmm. somewhere where I'm going in my arena and it's closed practice and I can kind of close that off. When you're practicing lacrosse, it's kind of out in the open. Very much so. Well, and there's multiple teams. You know, we had uh, at the time in that area, you know, there was, you know, the varsity and, and the middle school team. The fields are adjacent to the tennis courts. Um, you know, our weight room is, is right there, our field house. And so kids might be doing workouts outside. Uh, the fields are adjacent to our track. So there's like, you know, 90 boys and girls out there on the track team. So it, it wasn't going to be kept secret. I just feel so, like, like lacrosse is definitely your favorite sport though. Well, I can say without hesitation that our current our current lacrosse coach, who I hired uh, a few years ago, uh, is the best lacrosse coach in the state. One of the best coaching hires I ever made. Uh, coaches multiple sports, uh, knocks it out of the park as a teacher. Um, is just a great, great hire. So that sound you hear is me patting myself on the back. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I, I guess I got the question, Jacob, of, of did anybody report this to you or did it go straight to your boss and there was no call to, hey, Jake, there's there's some coach XYZs <laughs> out here with their their kids playing in their undershorts. Well, again, at the time, I wasn't on site. I was still at my previous job. Okay. Uh, so um, I was hired in February went back to my school, finished out the school year. So this happened sometime in, you know, March or April 
preseason, uh, yeah. So I wasn't the AD on the on watch. <laughs> Had I been, yeah, I, I think I would have said, uh, "Hey, fellas, go in the locker room for a second. I got to talk to coach." Yeah. Yeah, go put some clothes on and then I'll talk to coach. Uh, yeah. Just get just get out of here. Get in the locker room right now. I I know you said your your the lacrosse coach you hired is great, but I feel like your expectations are like keep the children clothed and be eligible. And like that's all you really need to do. Hey, we, we, to we, we shared that as uh, you know, foundational points one and two. Uh <laughs> Yeah, winning wasn't part of that. We haven't talked about winning in this whole scenario. It was just basically keep them clothed and play an eligible player. <laughs> oh, that sounds that's funny. That sounds about right for for ADs. So running around hitting people with a stick. I mean, <laughs> if they would have had that when this. I was in high school, I would have been all over that. Uh, you know, boy, are you kidding me? <laughs> and it's legal to an extent, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, we, we, we spent, I'm not going to say too much. We've spent enough time on lacrosse. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think about, um, it, usually we start this and I ask the question of geographically, where are you located? So people who aren't familiar with Florida, Danielle knows exactly where you're at, but that listener that may be in Canada or in Brazil or in California may not know exactly where you're located. So Jay, give us geographically where you're located and where these scenarios may have taken place. Okay. Well, these, both of these scenarios were at the same school uh, up in Florida's panhandle. You know, Florida is a big state um, where we were in Tallahassee. Um, it's a good nine hour drive down to the Fort Lauderdale, Miami area, uh, depending on how fast you go um, where uh, I, I spent um about, I guess it'd be about 14 years at a couple of private schools down south, and then finished out my career uh, as five years up in the panhandle. Uh, since I retired, uh, we're currently down on the Gulf Coast, uh, Port Charlotte area. Um, so um, uh, still living the dream, even though uh, I'm retired. And definitely in all of those places, much warmer than where Dustin is. <laughs> but <laughs> well, Doug, yeah, Dustin we, knows I spent uh, I spent a year in uh, in Arkansas. Uh, he knows exactly where I was at. Uh, it was just before we moved to Florida. Hmm. Yeah, Subiaco Academy is not very far from me. And uh, you talk about the weather, Daniel. I don't know what you're what you're insinuating here, but last Thursday it was seventy eight degrees, and then Friday we had snow. That's extreme. So it, mm -hmm. it, it makes no sense. We got a bipolar mother nature, and I'm not a big fan of her right now, uh, especially with spring sports going on. But uh, that's just that's just the life we live as ads. And as Jake says, you can't be just living the dream in moments. Living the dream's a lifestyle, and I mean that it, it can't be dictated upon what what weather throws at you. You got to. If you're living the dream, you got to be living the dream all the time. I could be wrong, but Jake, you may disagree with that. <laughs> well, uh, I, I've told this story many times. You know, uh, growing up, my brothers and I got to work for my dad. He was a contractor. You know, built houses and apartments and all sorts of things. And um, I, I did not enjoy that. You know, Saturdays, uh, summers. You know, we we got to work for him. And um, I think it was a junior high. Um, he. Uh, pulled me aside. I was probably complaining about having to do something, you know, carry plywood or something. 
And he goes, Jake, uh, the secret to happiness is finding something that you love to do and then convincing someone else to pay you to do that. And I found that in teaching and coaching. And he he found that in his job. He loved everything about that job. Um, you know, design and build, construction. You know, he loved it. I hated it. I can't drive past a new home construction these to, to this day and not, you know, have flashbacks. Uh, so um, um, I loved what I was doing. Uh, there were some challenges. You know, there were some days you go home shaking your head. But uh, um, I, I had a great time. Uh, I. I would tell my boss, is you really going to pay me to do this? You know, I'm, I'm coming to the game anyway. And, and you've done that in a multitude of locations. It hadn't just been at one spot. I know you, I know you well enough to know your high school or you went to school in Oregon. You've been around the world. I say the world. You've been around the United States, obviously in coaching stops, collegiate level. You've been, uh, you're a track guru, a starter extraordinaire. Uh, I mean, you've got a long list of resume items that have taken to a wide variety of places. So it's not like we're talking to somebody who's in year one of their their process here as an athletic director. It's somebody who's got a lot of time invested in this. Well, uh, it, it's been a, a lot of fun. You know, you look back, you know, would you change anything? Uh, gee, I, I don't know. Um, my I spent two years out of college when injuries and lack of talent kept me out of the NFL. Um, but uh, I spent two years as a substitute and then uh, spent two years as a junior high school teacher and just loved it. Uh, was coaching four sports and, and teaching three different subjects. Um, but I wanted to be a head football coach and um, uh, got hired at a very small school in Oregon. Um, and then at the end of the year, there were layoffs during that period of time, you know, lower enrollment and budget cuts and things like that. So I lost my job, uh, got hired the next year at another school as an assistant coach. And I really liked it, uh, but was laid off with several other teachers. It was a timber town. And so, you know, the timber industry was going through some challenges back then. Got hired as a head football coach in another small school on Oregon's coast. Beautiful settings where our first daughter was born. Uh, but it was a fishing community. And so the fishing industry, you know, took a hit that year. And so three years in a row, I was laid off. Um, I didn't choose to leave. Um, it was just, you know, that's how it was. And so some of those moves, you know, were out of my control. Some of them were me climbing the ladder, you know, wanted to be a head coach, wanted to be a head coach at a bigger school, wanted to coach at the college level, uh, which I had a lot of fun. Um, you know, so regardless of, I, I think, whether you, some people are wired to spend 35 years at the same school, my hat's off to them. I, I think that's great. Uh, in some ways, I'm a little jealous of being able to um, coach kids that uh, the kids of the kids you coached when you first started out. Uh, but, um, you know, I've had a great time. Um, one of my best, I'll tell this story and then we'll get back to AD stuff. Uh, one of my best friends from high school, uh, we were best men in each other's weddings. Um, Long story short, uh, he graduated from college, got a job with Blue Cross in uh, Portland, Oregon, and uh, was a computer programmer, climbed the ladder, uh, retired after 38, 39 years as a vice president of Blue Cross. Um, we um, were having dinner with he and his wife. Uh, and again, our wives are good friends. They know each other uh, a few years ago. And uh, we're walking through their neighborhood, which when he bought his house, 
his was the only house there. And now it's this massive neighborhood in suburbia. Um, his kids have graduated, you know, like our kids. So anyway, we're walking through the neighborhood and I go, Dean, uh, I've, I've always been kind of jealous of you. Uh, you know, you had a great career at Blue Cross, you know, you, you know, you got your house here and your kids. Um, um, just, you know, I really admire you and, and what you've done. And he starts laughing and I go, what are you, what are you laughing at? And he goes, um, Lynn, his wife, Lynn and I were just talking the other night. Uh, I've always been jealous of you. You know, you travel all over the country. You've stayed in all these, you know, different states. You've seen all these things. You've accomplished all this stuff. I've, I've always been a little jealous of you. I've never left, you know, the the town here. And so, it is it was just a great lesson, I think, for both of us about perspective. And you know, the grass isn't greener. I love what I've done. Uh, I don't think I've changed it. But uh, again, you know, you got to do what you think is right for you. Um, you know, with your life, your career, your school, your, your athletic department, and, and hopefully you're making some good decisions. You mentioned two things that kept you out of the NFL. And I don't know if anybody caught that, but you said injuries <laughs> and a lack of talent. Um, I, I think we probably, would you put more emphasis on one over the other? <laughs> um, well, uh, Steve Largent, you know, was my hero. Uh, you know, you, he was an Oklahoma boy, so that's fairly yep. close to you, Tulsa. I'm an Oklahoma boy. I just there live in Arkansas. Okay. <laughs> so um, I was probably a, a slower version of Steve Largent. Uh, great hands, great moves, uh, but uh, um, it, it just wasn't there. Uh, I, I had a, I had a uh, in my mind, I had a great uh, college football career. Uh, I played uh, – uh, a little, um, you know, minor league uh, football in the Northwest, uh, but um, it, it wasn't meant to be. Uh, it, it, probably more on the lack of talent than the than the injuries. But, but Danielle may not appreciate who Steve Largent is, but being an Oklahoma boy, I was just like Steve Largent, only different. <laughs> I mean, I, he he had a whole lot of talent. I had zero, but I I fashioned myself in my own head that I was just like Steve Largent. So I can appreciate his time at the University of Tulsa. Uh, if, and then he went on to a great career in the NFL and Seattle Seahawks. And um, so I, I know Steve Largent well, Danielle. We may have to educate you on who Steve Largent is, but I can relate to that scenario with you, Jake. Uh, well, I appreciate that. I know, Danielle, when we're done here, she's going to go out and Google Steve Largent. So. Right. I am. I am. Mm-hmm. She may be doing that right now. <laughs> Look him up. <laughs> Jake, do you have well, any other stories for us? Oh, I, I've got a list that goes on and on. <laughs> uh, I don't know if uh, I have uh, Steve Throney uh, uh, volume of stories, but uh, uh, one that sticks out uh, for me and uh, same school, uh, but different sport. Um, you know, this was baseball and uh Again, we have great coaches, just great coaches at, at uh, my, my former school, do a wonderful job. Um, and so um, I, I've got a meeting set up with um, the parents of this one uh, baseball player. And I, I sort of kind of knew them, but really hadn't had a lot of interaction with them. And so they show up for the meeting. Uh, they're both dressed, you know, uh, impeccably. And of course, they introduce themselves as you know, I'm, I'm Bill Johnson. I'm a lawyer. Uh, and then his wife says, you know, I'm uh, Mary Johnson. I'm a lawyer too. 
And you know how those conversations mm -hmm. you know, usually go. You buckle yourself in for a ride. Yep. Mm -hmm. So they start saying, you know, they spent probably about 10 or 12 minutes saying how much they love the school and their history of the school and their child's history at the school. Because we're we are a K through 12 school. Uh, then they spend another 10 to 12 minutes on their many contributions to the school. You know, we've done this, you know, we did that, you know, they, I, they actually did. They, they refurbished our football stadiums, um, concession stand. Uh, very, very nice. And I'm, I've got my pad and I'm writing down the notes and I'm nodding and I'm just, I'm letting them do their thing. Uh, then they go into their son's, um, you know, athletic career, you know, he played, you know, middle school soccer for coach and just loved it and then played, you know, freshman, whatever, writing it down. And so they finally get to the crux, um, which they, I think they said initially, now I know you get a lot of parents that complain about playing time. This isn't about playing time. And of course, 30 minutes later, what is it about? It's about playing time. Right. Uh, the head coach is not, you know, being fair to their son. And so uh, I, I've got my laptop up and uh, I'm just, um, well, let me just pull up the, you know, the max prep stats here. Um, and their son, and I knew who their son was. He's a great kid. You know, he's not a superstar, but he's, he's on the team. I've seen him play. Um, he's. Um, he's got a batting average and this is like week two or three. It was early in the season. Uh, he's got a batting average of like 192 or something. Um, not setting the world on fire. And so I, I'm, I'm just seeing all this as the parents are talking. And finally, you know, you know, the, they take a breath and I go, well, I really appreciate you coming in. I appreciate you sharing your heart. You know, uh, I know your son, you know, he's a great kid. Uh, you know, let's, uh, I, I see on the stats here that, you know, his, his batting average is, is not that great. It's something like that. I didn't say it sucks, but um, <laughs> I said, uh, you know, his batting average is not that high. And the dad, without missing a beat, goes, uh, well, that's true, but he leads the team in quality at bats. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm a track guy. Uh, I'm a football guy. Uh, I'm quality at bat. I'm just thinking, what the hell is a quality? He's batting 198. <laughs> How much quality is there? Uh, and so I, I, I write down quality at bat question mark. Uh, and they, they go on and on and on. And we're on that endless loop that I know the two of you have been on before. Uh, well, you know, uh, you know, playing time is a coaching decision and we trust our coaches and um, it, it's not going anywhere. Um, and so finally, I, I just say, well, you know, is, is Billy having a good time? Oh, Billy loves coach. Billy loves it. I said, well, why are we here? Uh, again, it's, it's 45 minutes of my life. I'm never going to get back. It, it's part of the job. I get it. Um, and they, they, they just couldn't. I won't say they wouldn't. They just couldn't. They couldn't accept it, you know, that their child, you know, is being wronged. And so finally, I, I pull in the five years I was at this school, uh, I only played this card, maybe I'll say three times, but I, I really only remember two. Uh, I tell the parents, um, well, maybe this isn't the school for your son. Okay? Oh, no, he loves it here. I said, well, you know, let's let this play out. Uh, and uh, 
you know, that when they left, I knew that they were going to walk across campus and try to see my boss and say that, you know, I was a terrible lady. Uh, I don't know if they did that or not. My boss never called me. But um, a couple of weeks later, you know, the kid got a hit, got another hit. And in maybe two more weeks, he's starting and finished out the season, you know, as a starting outfielder. It took care of itself. Um, but again, every AD in America has either had that conversation or is going to have that conversation. It might not be about a quality at bat, which I had to ask my coach, you know, uh, you know, what the heck is a quality at bat? And he goes, well, it's really not anything. And then proceeded to tell me what it could be. And, and for this episode, I Googled quality of bat because I wanted to know. And it kind of said the same thing. It's not a real stat. It's not an official stat, but a lot of people, you know, claim that it is. Uh, it includes, among other things, hitting the ball hard. You know, you, you might hit it right to somebody, but if, if the line drive out, you're out. Your batting average doesn't improve. Go back to the bench, Billy. Uh, but you helped your quality at bat stat. So um, uh, for baseball coaches out there that are listening, uh, you know, you can correct me. Um, you know, my, you got my email, uh, but uh, quality at bat, that's my quality at bat story. But, you know, <clears throat> being a baseball guy um, and being a stats guy, you can spin whatever stat you want to in your favor, however you want to spin it. Uh, and, this goes back to the moral victory comment we made earlier. A quality at bat is a moral victory. Uh, you, to me, a quality at bat is you're getting a hit. <laughs> you're getting on base. Quality at bat just just because I hit the ball hard. The goal is to get on base and to score a run. And if you're not able to do that, there's nothing quality about it. So if you don't reach base, that's not a quality at bat in my opinion. I feel like any sports that now that I want to like beef up, I'm just going to put the word quality in front of it. Like that was a quality assist right there. Yeah, that was a quality <laughs> shot. I didn't make it, but it was a quality shot. That quality pass I made. <laughs> I, I still remember this from my high school, from my high school days a hundred years ago. And no, it wasn't Hoosiers. Um, but uh, I, I told my coach, you know, coach, I, I'm a great shooter. You know, you got to play me more. And he goes, Jake, you're a great shooter. You're just not a great maker. And and that was true. Okay, I I, I looked great when I shot that ball, but uh, my my field goal percentage was, let's say it was uh, maybe about 198. So just just to be sure I heard that right, he said not not a great maker, not a great baker, right? (laughs) I mean, my coach may have said, "Hey Smith, you may want to try that bacon thing because you can't make anything." Well, talking about basketball, I, I, again, I, I didn't invent this. I stole it from somebody. But um, when I would talk to our parents about um, our different levels uh, at our parent meeting, you know, middle school and JV and varsity, um, you know, I, I would tell them for middle school parents, I said, you know, yes, you know, we do want to win, but, you know, it's, um, you know, the kids are going to play. It's more about playing time and experience and skills but it's not going to be equal playing time. Everybody's going to have a, a quality experience, but I don't want to see you up in the stands with a stopwatch and a clipboard, you know, timing, you know, everybody's playing time. I said, I can guarantee you they're going to have a great time. And I can also guarantee you that we won't have any 30, 30, 30 players on this middle school team. 
and they would the first time they hear it they'd always go you know 30 30 30 what's that and i'd say well when i was in high school i was a 30 30 30 player that meant that i got into the game when we were 30 points ahead 30 points behind or there were 30 seconds left uh, right. We won't have any 30, 30, 30 players. And they would chuckle about that. But it, it, it helped, you know, kind of lighten the moment. And and the reality is, and I, I think a big focus on what we've talked about today is parents and that we get to deal with parents and it's fitting. You're part of the partnering with parents. Uh, you're one of the authors for that, that course. And, uh, you know, you see that resonating in this theme that we all are going to deal with them. Um, Here's the reality. We're all products of parents, whether or not we want to admit it or we're all we all have parents and we individually parent kids. Uh, we also deal with parents and they're trusting us with their most valuable asset. And sometimes we need to remember that they've got a lot of they've got a lot of money, time. Stuff invested in that child that they're just handing over to our coaches and saying, I trust you with this. This is my most valuable possession. Uh, and so I, I think we've got to understand parents have a lot of a lot invested in that process. So they want to be they want to do the absolute best for kids. And we got to remember that they want to do the best for their kids. And sometimes you got to steer them along that path to say, hey, I'm not worried about a quality at bat or a quality shot. I'm worried about a quality experience. And I think those are the key words that that I took away from what you said there. It's quality experience we're after. That's where I like the word quality. Well said. And again, they don't go into it, you know, saying, boy, I'm going to stick it to that AD. Uh, you know, it's about their kid. And I think, you know, coaches and ADs, as long as you acknowledge that, and remember that it's not wrong that they're in your office battling for their kid. Um, you know, that, that's what you want to see. You want to see that passion, but, uh, again, you got to figure out the way to partner with them and say, Hey, we need you involved in this program, but this is how, this is your role. This is what I need you to do. And that number one thing is support your kid. And then number two is trust us. (laughs) Well, I think, I think, I think the overarching theme of, of partnering with parents has, has been really well said throughout this episode and I, I always listen to your podcast and I know when you say man this has really flown by I really think to myself has it but it, it truly has we've had this conversation and now we just keep going and, and time has simply flown by not because of well I'll say this it's been a quality episode Jake we've been able to sit <laughs> back and have a conversation which right. is the goal of what we're trying to do with this podcast is just have a conversation and and you come at it from a year of expertise that that I don't have. Uh, I'm not much older than 41 years uh, that you've put into this profession. And so uh, I appreciate you taking your time to invest in our profession and to invest in myself and, and Dr. LaPointe as, as people who are, are younger in this profession but have an opportunity to continue to evolve in this profession. So I want to thank you for taking time to, to visit with us, tell your stories, and and to contribute to our profession like you do. Uh, well, I echo uh, all. Of, I echo all of that. I mean, I know you're busy as a podcaster and and an author and a mentor for for ADs across the country. So I'm just grateful that you gave us some time and for all you do for athletic directors everywhere. 
Well, thank you both. Uh, again, I value, you know, those words of, of praise from uh, people of your caliber and value, you know, your friendship. Uh, you know, Danielle, you and I have gotten to know each other, um, you know, through Florida and Dustin, uh, you know, one of your uh, mentors and, and a good friend of mine, Doug Kilgore, you know, called me up and, and said, you need to get this guy on your podcast. And so we've developed that professional our relationship and friendship over the years. So uh, I, I really value that. Um, for our listeners, um, you know, I, I retired after 41 years as a teacher, a coach, and an AD. Uh, I can say with um, all honesty that the first 35 or so, I was learning hard lessons. Uh, there were some victories, if you will. There were some quality experiences, but there were also, <laughs> you know, some stumbles along the way. And those last five or six years at the school that I finished my career at, uh, I think I learned how to apply those lessons, those hard lessons in the proper way. So, uh, you know, for my coaches, uh, when I first started out as an AD, if you're listening, hey, I apologize. I probably wasn't the best uh, leader. Not probably. I wasn't the best leader that I could or should have been for you. Uh, but uh, uh, again, it's been a great journey. Uh, I enjoy what I'm doing. And, um, you know, thank you guys again for adding to this body of knowledge that's available now for ADs. If I would have had this when I was starting out, you know, boy, I, I think I uh, would have done a much better job. But uh, thanks for all that you guys do, too. Thank you again, uh, Jake from Florida, doctor, mentor, whatever, you know, hat you want to call him and he is to you. But thank you so much um, to our guest today, Jake. And thank you, um, Dustin, for all of your, your insight. And to Ticket Spigot, um, they are the official ticketing partner of the NIAAA. And without them, none of this would be possible. So thank you to everybody. And we will see everybody next week with another episode Paradox, the untold stories from athletic directors.